0: It's time to get down to business. Yep, that is what we are talking about today. On Key Finding, we are going to talk about running a business. In particular, we're going to talk about being a solopreneur, as the cool kids call it, running your own business. And I think this will be relevant to you if you already have a business. Or if you are thinking that perhaps you want to have a business one day, then you might find what I have to share with you today interesting. My name is Carrie Mallon, and this is Key Finding, a podcast where we talk about tarot, self-discovery, creativity, and today, business. I get asked about business a lot. In fact, as I have been planning for some time to record this episode, I almost feel like the universe was sending me not-so-subtle nudges in the form of emails and Instagram direct messages that I've been receiving with people asking me questions about running a business. So today, we're going to talk about it. I am going to share with you some background information about how I got started with my business, what my business journey has looked like so far, and then a while back I put out the call on my Instagram account, if you are not yet following me there you should be, My username is at Carrie Mallon. I put the call out for people to bring me any questions they have about running a business and I got a few questions there. So I'm going to speak to some of the questions that you guys brought up for me over on Instagram. Talking about business is such a broad thing. You know, we could talk about marketing, we could talk about branding, we could talk about accounting, because that would be super exciting. I'm sure you guys would really enjoy an entire podcast episode about accounting. But I think that the main thing I'm going to frame the conversation today around is how running a business asks you to confront yourself, to learn about yourself, and some of the mindset stuff that comes along with running a business, some of the personal growth lessons that come along with this process, because a lot of that stuff is very dear to my heart, uh, things that I have experienced and things that I'm really passionate about talking about. So I have shared my business origin story a few different places. I think I even talked a bit about this back on the very first episode of the podcast, but I want to share with you guys how, how I got started, how this all came about for me. It was 2014, and I was in a job that was becoming increasingly toxic for me. I felt stuck in a lot of areas of my life. And I kept having this vague sensation that there was something more that I needed to be doing, that there was something more expansive and more creative that I could be filling my time with, but it took quite a while for me to come to the conscious realization of what that thing actually was. So... There was a lot of inner turmoil for a while there, and I will spare you through going into a lot of that, but let's just say that my business came about through a very, very intense process of self-discovery and self-evolution and personal growth. Along the time that all of that was happening, I was working with tarot on a personal level. So tarot was something that when I discovered it, when I was in the midst of being very stuck, I started seeing the ways that it was helping me understand myself, that it was helping me feel more expansive, that it was helping me understand my blocks and see my strengths and figure out how to take aligned actions. So the puzzle pieces started kind of slowly coming together for me, and eventually, I sort of just had um, an epiphany. I had it, it kind of came to me in a flash of insight. It was like, You need to start a tarot business, but there was a lot rolling up to that. (laughs) It was quite a process to get to that epiphany. And for a long time, I was like begging the universe for answers. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And it was like crickets from the universe until finally everything lined up and it clicked into place. And I knew that the timing was right. And I knew that that was what I needed to do. So I guess with that story, the, the first piece of perhaps advice, take it or leave it if it suits you, that I will pause it, is if you decide that you want to start a business for yourself, think about if it is something that really, really, truly calls to you because starting a business and running a business is very, very hard. Um, I kind of thought when I got to this place of like, oh, I'm going to start this business and I'd been going through all that inner turmoil to get to this place, I think at the time I was like, oh, I found the answer. Like, I'm just going to start a business and everything's going to be great. And everything has been great, but everything has also been very, very challenging. And there was a lot more inner turmoil even after I started the business, a lot more personal growth, a lot more lessons. Um, so the the decision to start the business, while at the time I felt like it was this kind of culmination of things, in in hindsight, now that I have a better perspective four years later, I can see that that was really just the beginning of, of all of the um, lessons and growth that was to be awaiting me in the process. So I suppose part of what I'm driving at here is that Running a business is really exciting and amazing and incredible if it is really well and truly what is aligned for you. Because I have now been at my business long enough that over the years I have met a pretty decent amount of people who thought they wanted to run their own business and started doing it and then kind of realized, oh, actually, Once all the unglamorous parts start coming up, this isn't really what I want to do. So I think that one of the most important things you can ask yourself when you're just getting started or when you're just thinking that maybe starting a business is what you want to do is to ask yourself to get really clear on your why. And if your why is not incredibly powerful, and if your why is not, not something that can anchor you through all of the hard times, then, and I say this not to scare you away, I say this with love, but if your why is not strong enough to sustain you, then perhaps going in another direction is what is really right for you. So um, I, you know what, you can probably already tell listening to me talk about this, but I always try when I talk about business with people to really keep it real. So I want to let you know that having your own business, if it is what is right for you and if you have that huge, powerful why, is incredible. It's amazing. And if you want to do it, then do it. But just know that you've got to have grit <laughs> to, to go forward with this path. Now, when I knew that I had a strong enough why, and when I knew that it was abundantly clear to me that this was absolutely what I needed and wanted and felt called on a spiritual level to do, I made a decision that perhaps could be thought of as quite extreme, and it is not a decision that I would advise to everyone, but the decision that I made is that I wanted to quit my job, cold turkey, no safety line, and jump right in and start my business. Now, that being said, the reason that I do not advise this to most people is that it is, it's is—it's kind of like being the fool in the tarot, right? You're taking a leap, and hoping that the universe will support you, but you really don't have any guarantees. I did everything I could to be wise about taking that leap. So Once I knew that starting a business is what I wanted to do, I began looking at my finances. I began setting aside as much money as I possibly could from the corporate job that I had at the time. I began looking at how I could budget myself. So I really did a lot of planning to make sure that I wasn't just going to be totally and utterly screwed if things went really wrong that leads me to something else that I feel very strongly about that I always tell to people when I do business mentoring or when I'm talking about business in any form, which is that if you are running a heart-centered creative business, it is more than just a business, right? It is a part of your soul. It is a part of your purpose. It is a part of your passion. It is a part of your calling. And it can, in some instances, make the energy really murky when you start putting this pressure on your creativity and your passion to pay your bills. This is something that Elizabeth Gilbert talks about really wonderfully in her book, Big Magic if you have any interest in starting a creative business or if you're already running a creative business that is a book i would definitely recommend i will put a link to it in the show notes we all have our own journeys we all tune into our own inner knowing to know what is right for us and perhaps you might be like me where you take that wild leap and go off without a safety net but for most people, that's not realistic. And for most people, that's frankly not really advisable or even really that wise. Um, And this fact that you're putting the pressure on your creativity, on your spirituality, on your gifts, on the things that you love doing to now make a profit for you, it really can put a strain on your creative energy. And this is something that I did experience for the first little while that I started my business. If you are working another job while you are running your business, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. This is something that I see a lot of people have shame about. They feel like they're not a real quote unquote business owner or they're doing something wrong because their business is not bringing them a full-time income and I just Oh, I'm so passionate about that. I just want to tell people, no, there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, it is very wise of you. And it actually shows a lot of respect that you have for your creative energy and for your spiritual gifts that you're not going to just throw all of this pressure on those things to pay your bills. I think that it's absolutely a worthwhile goal and an achievable goal for people to want to run their business full time and have their creative business pay their bills. That's awesome. But there is, um, to be frankly really straightforward, It usually takes some time to get to that point, so please do not feel ashamed or feel like, you know, the universe isn't supporting you or whatever if it's taking you a while to get to the point where you can actually do your own business full time. I also wanna let you know that when I started my business, I was terrified, terrified. I was incredibly excited as well But it was sort of one of those things where my excitement and my fear were kind of coming neck and neck. My excitement was coming out a little bit ahead of my fear, which was good, but I was very, very scared. Um, I was scared for many reasons, one of which being some of the stuff I just talked about with the fact that I had quit my job and just leapt into starting, of all things, a tarot business. So that part brought up some fear. But another thing that brought up a lot of fear for me is just the visibility. So my business is very content based. This podcast, of course, is part of my business. I have a blog. Before I started my podcast, I was writing blogs every week, once a week for three years, three and a half years, something like that. Uh, I've done YouTube videos in the past, I have social media accounts, so since the beginning I have been putting myself out there, sharing my ideas, sharing my thoughts, sharing my perspectives, and this is, you know, this experience will vary for you depending on the format of your business, but I'm guessing a lot of you listening to this either already have an online-based business where you create a lot of content or that's sort of the business model you have in mind, something where you're putting out content online. So how you will feel about that experience, of course, depends upon your personality, but it was very, very scary for me. It was terrifying to write a blog post and then put it out online and then wait and see, oh my gosh, is, is, is anyone going to like it? Is everyone going to hate it? Or what might be even worse and what happened to me a lot at the beginning and still sometimes happens to me to this day is that you just get crickets. You get nothing. You put all this effort into creating a piece of content, putting it out online, and then it kind of just gets ignored so that all took some getting used to for me as well and that all brought up a lot of self-discovery and soul searching and inner growth and and some challenges and some ego stuff as well running a business especially a business that is so close to your heart that is so linked to your sense of purpose can make you feel really vulnerable quite often because if things don't go well, if things aren't taking off, if it's not building the momentum that you desire it to build, it's easy to link that to your sense of self-worth. That was one of the most intense lessons that I encountered for the first couple of years of running my business. And honestly, sometimes that even still comes up for me now, now that I'm almost at my four year mark. It has been a huge learning process for me to continuously affirm to myself that my worth as a human being, as a creative soul, and as a tarot reader is not linked to how many clients I book in a given month or how many followers I have on social media or how many people are subscribed to my newsletter or what kind of profit I'm making those things are important to look at as a business owner. you know looking at numbers and stats is part of the part of the process of running a business, but they don't tell the whole story and they certainly never reflect your worth as a human being. That's also something I've seen come up with a lot um, with the clients that I work with because I do offer business mentoring sessions and so I know that this is not something that is unique to me. For any of us who are doing a business that feels so soulful, we often encounter that challenge and we have to get right about our inherent sense of self-worth and how that is strong and radiant, always regardless of what happens in our business. On that note, this is another interesting part of running a business. The longer that you keep your business going, the more you start to discover things that maybe you never even imagined you would be doing in your business that become coming to the forefront and start becoming a big part of what you offer. So for example, I've mentioned a couple of times that I do offer business mentoring sessions now, and that was not in the original plan when I started my business. My, I started my business to be a tarot reader. But what I found is that people started gravitating to me with their business questions and I found that I really enjoyed helping people get insight into their business journey. So I started offering business mentoring sessions. There's also certain things that I used to offer when I started my business that I outgrew or decided were no longer aligned with my skills and talents once I'd been doing them for a while. One of the biggest ones for me is that when I started my business, I was offering more in-person services here in my local area. I did a few parties um, where people would book me to you know, come to their Halloween party or their New Year's party or whatever and do readings. And um, after doing that for the first year or two of my business, I realized that it just wasn't working for me. It was draining my energy. Um, It wasn't really aligned with my strengths and my talents. So there's been a few things like that over the years. So I think that the lesson in that potentially for you is to keep yourself open to how things evolve. You might start your business with this idea that, you know, these are the services and products and and whatnot that I'm going to offer. But as you go through your business, you'll notice that perhaps people gravitate towards certain things that you offer. Um, Perhaps your interests change or you discover new things that you're passionate about offering and sharing with others. So try to keep yourself open to how that is going to evolve because sometimes I see people kind of get into, I guess you could call like a knight of pentacles energy where they think to themselves, okay, I've already decided this is what I'm going to focus on in my business. And then they just kind of get tunnel vision and they miss all these other opportunities uh, that are coming up for them because they're so set on sticking to that original plan. So I think having some level of flexibility with what your business is going to look like and what you're going to be offer offering is really useful. I want to circle back now to something I talked about earlier when I was speaking to the importance of clarifying the why behind your business. What's been interesting for me is that the why behind my business, even as other aspects of my business have changed and shifted over the years, has remained pretty consistent. The why behind my business, in the most succinct way I can explain it, is the the joy that it brings me when i see myself and when i see the people that i work with moving into the energy of expansion that's the the most succinct way i can explain it but i i am just i feel that what i am here to do and one of the common denominators in everything that i do with my business is to get people out of stuckness and to realign them with their personal power, realign them with their sense of expansion. And that's really broad, but it ties into everything that I do. So that, in, that being said, another thing that has been very useful for me in my business journey is keeping a, um, I do it in my email, but you could really do this however it works for you, But in my email, I have a folder with feedback. And when I have a client, or even just like if someone comments on my social media or something like that, and they send me words basically letting me know that I've done that for them, that I've helped them tap into that sense of expansion, I save that feedback so that I can reference it when things get hard, when I'm questioning myself, when I don't know what to do next with my business, when I feel a lack of energy with my business, because that is a way that I can affirm to myself, and it almost like gives me the tinglys just talking about it, that I can affirm to myself, this is why I'm doing this, and it's actually happening. I am making a difference to someone So instead of, you know, sometimes your mind will play tricks on you and you'll think, you know, it's not enough. I'm not, I'm not reaching enough people, the, you know, blah, 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 blah. But when you have a way to, to concretely show yourself, hey, this is my why. And I'm actually fulfilling that why. It's a, it's an incredibly magical feeling. And I think you need that to be your fuel and your springboard to keep moving forward. Okay, so everything I've been talking to you guys about, I haven't had like an outline or a plan. I'm just kind of sharing what comes up for me spontaneously, but I do think it is all tying into what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, which is this idea of learning about yourself through your business. So now that I've shared with you some of my journey and what I've been going through. What I want to do now is turn to the questions (laughs) that I received on Instagram and try to speak as much as I can to some of those. So the first question goes like this. How do you work through and overcome self-doubt? I know it never goes away, but it can be hard to even discern what is real and constructive critical thought and when I'm overthinking or getting in my own way. So there's a few things that come to mind for me with this. The first thing that's coming to my mind is how useful it is in your business journey to have business buddies or friends who who get it because it's very easy to get lost in your own head. And when you're lost in your own head, it can be very hard to discern which thoughts are constructive criticism, which thoughts are helping you versus which thoughts are just keeping you stuck and are not so useful. So sometimes you really just need to get out of your own head and you need to talk to someone who gets it. That has been so, so, so important for me. I have a friend who I talk to every single week and we do accountability stuff and we do mindset stuff. So I always know that if I'm like getting tripped up in my own head and I, I can't discern for myself what is useful and what is not, having that trusted person who I know believes in me and supports me in my endeavors, knowing that I can turn to her for an external perspective is super, super helpful because sometimes that's just what you need sometimes you're just going to be too mired in your own mental fog uh, to get through it on your own so sometimes you need to turn to someone else again that could be a business accountability buddy it could be a business coach Um, but whatever the case is sometimes you really just need to get out of your own head the person who asked this question already said this but i think it bears repeating which is that self-doubt does not go away. Um, I'm four years into this and I still, I've still got it. It still comes up. I've figured out some effective ways for me to navigate that process and hold space for myself when self doubt comes up. But self doubt in varying degrees is just part of being human. So I think another useful thing to do is to just be accepting of your self-doubt, and I don't mean that to say keep wallowing in it and keep inviting it to stick around, but what, what I'm trying to say is don't think there's anything wrong with you because you doubt yourself. Sometimes it's easy to compare yourself to maybe other business owners who you see online and they seem like so sure of themselves and so confident and everything like that, And I think that that makes the self-doubt stuff even worse because then on top of having the self-doubt, which is hard enough, then you sort of feel like ashamed that you have the self-doubt if you see what I'm saying. So I think another important thing is just telling yourself, okay, I have this self-doubt. It's part of the journey. There's nothing wrong with me for having this self-doubt. Now what can I do to start sorting through it? we can experience self-doubt for a myriad of reasons in our businesses, but for, for me and for the clients that I work with, I often see self-doubt comes up the strongest when you're starting something new. So it can be, you're starting a big new project in your business, a new offering, um, or it could even be on a smaller level, like putting out a new blog post or something like that. But the self-doubt often starts coming up when you're doing something new. So a practice that I find very, very helpful is when I begin any new project and I start having the self-doubt come up and the fear come up about whatever it is that I'm doing, I do like a fear mind dump. So this is a, an exercise that I found, I think I originally found this in the artist's way. And the idea is that you just give yourself, maybe like set a timer for five minutes, get a notebook or a Word document, and just let yourself write out all of the reasons that you're having self-doubt, all of the reasons that you're scared, because sometimes just getting them on paper um, puts your mind at ease and gives you the, the clarity to continue moving forward, because you kind of feel like you've gotten that out somewhere in a tangible way. So making that kind of fear dump list or self-doubt dump list can be super, super helpful as well. So try that. Here's the next question. How do you stay motivated and productive for the long haul, especially in the face of disappointment and even failure? The first thing that comes to mind for me here is the importance of not taking things personally I guess that kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier in terms of learning not to link our sense of self-worth to what is going on with our business. And this can be really, really hard. It is, it is very hard for me very often. If my business has something that could be perceived as a failure or doesn't go according to plan, it can be really hard to bounce back from that. But I do always try to remind myself not to not to let it eat away at my sense of personal self-worth the part about staying motivated and in particular staying productive has been a big learning process for me because i am by default an epic procrastinator. I'm very, very good at procrastinating, even the things that I actually want to do and the things that I enjoy doing. So that's been a huge, that could probably be like an entire podcast episode on its own. One thing that has very much helped me stay productive and even stay motivated to a large extent is knowing that something is public. So For example, I mentioned earlier that I was blogging once a week, every week for the first at least three years of my business, and now I'm doing the podcast every other week. So because I know, even if it's only like two people or one person that are actually waiting and expecting my podcast or my blog to come out at a certain time, because I know that it's public and because I know that someone besides me is aware of it, that really helps me stay motivated and stay productive, at least when it comes to creating content. And of course, I think I also have to say that for me, staying at my business for the long haul, as I mentioned earlier, always goes back into reminding myself of why I'm doing this, what do I want to express through this? When it starts to feel like, oh, I have to do this for my business or I have to do this task, that's when I can find myself feeling kind of funky about it. So sometimes even just reframing things to myself instead of saying, oh, I have to reply to emails or I have to do whatever, I try to say to myself, I want to reply to emails. I want to do whatever it is. Even the things that, again, aren't so glamorous that come along with having a business, like doing paperwork and and all of that kind of thing, I try to remind myself that these are part of what I signed up for, and I don't want to be resentful of them because they are a part of this holistic entity, which as, as a whole is really fulfilling and meaningful for me. So sometimes I just have to remind myself to to shift my perspective. I feel like there's so much more to unpack with this question and there's so many different angles I could approach it from, but one of the last things I want to say about this is that when I have a big disappointment in my business, I've also learned to just give myself permission to feel disappointed about it. I think especially in our sort of spiritual realm, self-discovery realm. There's a lot of concentration on thinking positively. And I think some of us have a tendency to try to like push through when we feel disappointed or when we feel quote unquote negatively about something. But what I've learned is that when, when something disappointing happens in my business, you know what, I'm going to give myself permission to have a little bit of a pity party about it. I'm going to reach out to a fellow business owner who might get it, um, who I know I can trust, and I'm going to vent to them about it. I'm going to maybe get myself some Ben and Jerry's, um, and I'm going to let myself feel a little bad about it because I'm a human and I'm allowed to feel bad when things are disappointing. So, of course, I don't want to dwell in that space. I don't want to um, exacerbate that by just hanging out in that, like, poor me energy. But when something is disappointing, I, I want to let myself feel that. I think it's important to feel our feelings, even the heavy ones. And usually what I found is as soon as I stopped telling myself, like, Oh, I'm not allowed to feel, you know, sad or disappointed about things in my business. And once I like gave myself permission to just feel that way, it's almost like I can recuperate and recover from those disappointments more quickly than I could when I was trying to like avoid feeling disappointed, if that makes sense. The next question is how do you consistently bring in clientele? I guess the short answer is that, at least in my personal experience, it's, it's hard to have the consistency aspect mentioned in this question. This, I think, is the case for a lot of small business owners. We sometimes have phases of our business where it, we're really staying busy, we have a lot of bookings, everything's very hopping, and then we have phases where it sort of slows and it dries up for a little bit. Now that I have been doing my business for four years, I have been able to get a bit of a sense for what the natural rhythm looks like for me. And so I think that as you run your business and as you figure out sort of generally what that rhythm looks like for you, you can figure out ways to work with that rhythm. So for example, it has always been the case for me that summer is kind of the slower season for booking readings and having clients. New Year's is always the super busy season, so I try and as much as I can I try to plan for that. So I try to um, plan financially for that. I also try to plan with my projects for that. If I'm going to be working on a big project, like creating a course or an ebook or something like that, I know I probably don't want to do that around January because that's when I'm going to be having a, a larger stream of client work. But in the summer, when the client work dips down a little bit, that's a good time for me to work on writing projects or you know other type of behind-the-scenes stuff. Another part of bringing in clientele for me has been the fact that I put out content and I think that's the case with a lot of people who have online businesses. Obviously we create content because we enjoy doing it. But we also create content because it's possible that someone might read a blog post or listen to my podcast and think, I would love to work with her. I would like to have a reading. I would like to have a mentoring session. So the fact that I've been consistently putting out content is has helped me consistently bring in clients. So I think it's kind of one of those things where the energy you put out is the energy you receive. So if you are consistent in the way that you show up and the way that you remind people that you and your services exist, the more consistent you are in that, the more consistent you will see that energy coming back to you in the form of clients. All right. I got to kind of brace myself for this next question because these have all been kind of intense questions, but this one's really intense. So this person says, if like me, you're not so much into aligning with the capitalist system and commodifying your gifts and talents to make a buck, How do you try to work within a system that's mostly incompatible with one's spiritual ethics while working to make change on the inside and offering accessible services that serve the higher good and still pay the bills? There isn't an easy answer to this, but approaches or perspectives on anti-capitalist ideas that still serve all of our needs are welcome. Okay. So here is the thing it is we have got to the point now with capitalism where it's not even a fringe idea to think that capitalism is broken there are quite a few mainstream npr podcasts that i listen to that talk about the economy and it they commonly talk about the fact that capitalism is kind of messed up in a lot of ways capitalism is not serving a lot of people. Um, Capitalism is a very inconsistent and unsustainable structure for many of us. So that's the first thing I think I want to say is that it's kind of exciting in my view that we're living at a time where that's not even a radical idea. That's kind of like mainstream economists are also talking about the fact that capitalism is pretty messed up. The person who asked this question did of course acknowledge that they know there's not an easy answer to this question. And I have to admit, It is hard for me to fully wrap my brain around the ins and outs of how capitalism works, even though obviously I'm entrenched in the system, I am educated, I try to keep myself informed, but there is a reason that I am a metaphysician and not an economist, because it is not in my natural wheelhouse to have a really comprehensive understanding of this issue. However, like I said before, it seems pretty clear to um, to a lot of us, to even people in the mainstream, that capitalism is broken. One of the core tenets of capitalism is that the ultimate goal is to create capital and the ultimate goal is to have a profit. To me, in my understanding of how this system works, that is perhaps the fatal flaw of capitalism there are so many things that could be the ultimate aim of capitalism, but that are not, right? So capitalism's ultimate aim isn't human health. It isn't human happiness. It isn't the health of our environment. It isn't anything holistic. It's very one dimensional. And it's kind of led us into this place where we're all just sort of like racing to the bottom in many ways. It's led to environmental degradation. It's led to uncomprehensible um, income disparity. And it's just led to a lot of very ugly things. So I do not have the answer about what to do about all of that, but it does make me feel heartened that a lot of people are asking that question and and trying to start discovering what we can do about that. For me, in my personal life and in the decisions that I make in my business, I do try to take an anti-capitalist stance in that growth has never been the core aim of my business. If I wanted to run a business that would really thrive within the capitalist model, then to be completely straightforward, it wouldn't be a tarot business. <laughs> a, a tarot business is not um, something that in the lens of capitalism is probably going to do really quote unquote well in terms of like making a lot of money and building a lot of capital. So that fact alone that I am doing this because it is something that speaks to my heart, not because it is something that is going to create a, a huge amount of capital, um, that alone I think is a big mindset shift that all of us can make if we do have anti-capitalist viewpoints. Sometimes it is very hard to do because of the way that our system is set up, but one small thing that I've tried to focus on for many years is voting with my dollars. So even if I'm still entrenched in this capitalist system, I can try to make choices as a business owner that align with my values. So this is the first example that just popped into my head and it's maybe not the most relevant example but when I was looking um, when I first started my business and I was looking into places that I could use for web hosting and one of the biggest web hosting companies at the time was GoDaddy so if you are not familiar with GoDaddy um, I will quickly summarize it by saying that they were mired in a number of controversies Their CEO, I believe, was hunting elephants um, and killing them just as trophies, essentially. And they also had some advertising campaigns which were extremely sexist. So that's just one small example of where, although maybe they were the cheapest option, and from the capitalist viewpoint, the cheapest option is perhaps the option to go with, I made the decision to go with a very small company, in fact they are called A Small Orange if you're wondering who I use for web hosting, instead of giving my capital to GoDaddy, a company who is very blatantly not aligned with my ethics and morals. So those things are very small and they're of course still working within the confinements of capitalism, but I try to look for little ways that as a business owner I can give my money to businesses that are um, hopefully operating on the more, uh, in as much as they can, the more ethical side of the capitalist paradigm. Sometimes when I think about the future of capitalism, I think about the tower tarot card. That's the one that just pops into my head. and. I don't know, you know, I can't read the future, so I don't know what will happen. But I do know that our current paradigm of capitalism is unsustainable. And I think it's very possible that we can continue to make small shifts and create something that is ultimately more sustainable. But I also I also think it's possible that maybe we just need to blow the whole thing up and start from scratch. But I don't know what that would look like or how that would manifest. But I'm trying to do what I can in this current reality to navigate it with as much integrity as possible. On that very uplifting note, I think I'm going to leave it there with the questions uh, because we're getting about to the time where I want to get wrapping up the podcast for today. But I do very much thank you for listening. And as always, I really like hearing from you guys, so if you have thoughts on this episode or if you have further questions for me, in the show notes, I am going to leave a link to my blog. I always put up a blog post with, the, uh, with like a link to the podcast episode in it. So that way, there is um, a place there that you can leave comments and we can talk. If you have things to say about this episode of the podcast, I would like to hear from you. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, you can also find me on Instagram. No matter where you are in your business journey, if you are a fledgling entrepreneur, if you are someone who is just considering starting a business, or if you're someone who has been at it for quite a while, I commend you. I think it is incredible what you are doing and I am just sending you all of the best. I hope that you have found anything in this episode today that resonates with you and that will serve you in some way on your own journey. Thank you again so much for being here. Take care of yourself. Keep on going with your business and I will talk to you next time.